0: Well, it's time to jump in the water, catch a wave, and ride the surf as we attempt to maneuver the sales pipeline with Matt Hines, the Hines Marketing. Hey, Matt. How are you doing, Paul? I'm good. Where are you out, uh, out and about in the world again here today?
1: Uh, so today we are in a beautiful uh, but slightly overcast downtown Seattle. Uh, it is uh, – you know what? We've had such great weather up here the last few days. It's supposed to be nice later today. Uh, hopefully knock on wood nice over the holiday weekend. So, um, yeah, it's uh, – but uh, I get to be home. I have a two-week stretch. Not wow. Now. It's amazing. That, it's fantastic. Im- it's incredible. Can't, can't believe it. Uh, it is awesome. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, cool. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, this is – you know, what? we do this show live every week, uh, you know, at 1130 – Uh, Pacific, 2.30 Eastern on Thursdays, and uh, today is June 30th, and and so if you are in sales and you are listening to this call, what the hell are you doing? Uh, It's the last day of the month. It's the last day of the quarter. Go sell something, for crying out loud. Um, Kind of a rough day. Uh, You know, I think I, I saw something... A couple days ago uh, on the interweb, someone sent me a, a picture, and it was a before and after picture. And the, it was the uh, it was the salesperson at the beginning of the month picture, and it was a picture a picture of Kit Harrison, who, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, he plays Jon Snow. Um, and so, you know, the, the first picture was him, you know, literally like on the red carpet looking beautiful. Uh, and the last picture was the last day of the month, and it was a picture of Kit Carson's character towards the end of episode nine of this past season. And uh, without giving anything away, um, he did not look like he was still on the red carpet at that point. Uh, he was in much worse shape. So um, <clears throat> for those of you that are listening live today, thank you very much for, for being here. Uh, excited to have you here. We are actually today going to focus uh, not on um, uh, you know the current month, current quarter, but we're going to start thinking about uh the next quarter and the next you know the next uh in you know, the next selling period and you know after today ends we close the book on the quarter we close the book on the month and we start heading into the second half of the year and you know one of the things that I'm really interested in is what are we now doing to prepare for that second half of the year uh so we're going to do a couple things today uh, I'm going to walk through uh some specific reasons why a lot of people don't hit their number uh, sometimes you look at this you know, like two weeks into the month. Sometimes you look at this a few weeks into the quarter, um, and it's a good time to reflect on what may or may not have gone well for you over the last month or the last quarter. So we're going to talk about some things that I'd recommend that you do um, or look at um, that are reasons why people maybe don't hit their number. Also, uh, we're going to talk about some things that we recommend companies do either monthly or quarterly or at least every you know twice yearly in terms of reviewing how their programs are going, how the sales and marketing work. And finally, I'll walk through uh, what look what we see as sort of a seven-point blueprint for doing a health check on your business, on your sales and marketing processes over the year. We're going to try something a little different today. So we don't have a, a planned guest. I wanted to spend time today walking through uh, these frameworks for how to think about your business, uh, think about the past quarter, think about the next quarter, the next selling period. We are going to attempt uh, to take some live calls. I'm not sure, Paul, how this is going to go. We haven't announced this in advance. We've never done this before. We'll
0: see what happens.
1: We're going to see what happens. So, Paul, uh, if someone is interested in joining the, the show today, if they're interested in uh, in calling in, uh, what should they do? What, what, what do we have them call?
0: All they have to do is call our number. And for uh, It's not toll-free, but it is uh, in today's world. I don't know that that matters anymore. The phone number to call in and get on the air with Matt is this, 949 330 Seven seven six one nine four nine three three zero seven seven six one. We'll pick it up here at the studio. We'll get your uh, get you all lined up, and we'll get you on as we can during the program here.
1: Cool. Well, let's let's immediately sort of talk through. You know, if you you know, I, th- I think we always talk about sort of best laid plans. You start the month, you start the quarter uh with what you want to do in your business, what you want to do in your territory. um But you know what they say about best laid plans? Sometimes, right? Like you know the. uh Best laid plans don't survive first contact with the battlefield. Or, as the noted poet uh, philosopher um, Mike Tyson once said, "Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." Uh, and if you're in sales, I mean, hell, if you're in marketing, if you're doing anything pipeline creation related, um, you know what it's like to get punched in the mouth sometimes. So, um, you know, uh, you know, once you get past the beginning of the month, beginning of the quarter, lots of things can go wrong. I think there's ten reasons that we typically see that are the primary reasons why people start to not hit their number or start to fall behind. I want to quick walk through these. I think these. These are good things to think about as we go into the next month, into the next quarter. You know, the first one we typically see is you don't have a plan uh, to begin with. You, know, you know, Either hope is your strategy or whatnot. You don't know what you want to do. It's one thing to have a number that you're trying to hit. It's a whole other thing entirely to have a plan set aside for that. right? I mean, Setting a sales goal is not the plan. Telling your sales team or your leadership or board that your sales number you're going to hit this year, this month, your quarter isn't the plan either. So how are you going to get there? Again, how have you quantified or planned the leading indicators to close business? Does your sales management team, does your frontline reps, does your marketing team, do they know what their roles are to go after that? Have you enumerated who your target accounts are and why? Oftentimes people say, oh, I'm going to, I got to hit a certain number and my plan is here's the companies I'm going to sell to. Well, that's not a plan. You know, the plan is knowing why those companies are on the list. Do they have Are they all the best logos? So they have certain attributes that make them more attractive to actually sell into. Uh, It's never too late to create that plan. If you're late in the quarter, late in the month, you can still create a plan for how you do things moving forward. But a plan tells you how to get there. A plan tells you how to get to that finish line. It doesn't just tell you where the finish line is. So number one is you don't have a plan. Number two, you know, you don't commit the resources required to sell. You know, if you're existing, you know, so first of all, Can your existing sales team hit the goals that you set out to achieve? Just because you set a number, just because a spreadsheet said something, doesn't mean that it's possible. I've seen a lot of marketing teams generate a a lead goal for their sales organizations without really understanding what that lead goal means, without really understanding how many leads are required to fill the pipeline to help the sales team. So how well do you understand what it's going to take to get to your pipeline requirements? So it's creating a plan. It's ensuring you have the resources you need in place and then committing to those resources moving forward. This goes for the size, quality, makeup of your sales team, the tools they may be using on a daily basis, uh, the budget you need for compensation and and incentive programs, what you need for marketing and so forth. So if if you have a plan but don't have the resources to execute on it, back to a Game of Thrones uh, analogy, if you're planning to march on Winterfell but you have no army, Or you only have a few ragtag people that you gave source to and have not had any training and don't know what to do with them, you're not likely going to take Winterfell. You know, it's interesting. I mean, it it sounds so fundamental to say, well, two of the biggest problems people have in not hitting their number, they don't have a plan to begin with. They don't commit the resources required to sell. Uh, But that is, I mean, you look at so many people that don't hit their number and they didn't really know how they were going to hit the number to begin with. Uh, Fundamental. Yeah, Paul.
0: We had somebody, they weren't brave enough to call in, but they tweeted in, and uh, I thought this is interesting. How important is it to know your closing ratio in creating a plan? And I think what they're getting at is, in other words, if I'm going to go after 50 contacts and I regularly close 50% of them, that's a lot different than if I close one out of 50 here.
1: Well, certainly is. It, it's such a good question. Whoever asked that question, I really, really appreciate that. I think the, uh, you know, it, one of the things I didn't really have on my list to cover today, but is, uh, is certainly germane in most cases is um, you don't have a big enough pipeline. And what that means is you don't have a big enough pipeline with an assumption, a correct assumption around how many of those deals you're going to close. I've found that if you qualify opportunities correctly, meaning you've got some version of budget authority need timeline identified correctly you're probably going to close 25 to 33% of those opportunities. doesn't matter the sales cycle length. And, and honestly, like you know, I've seen this across multiple industries. And here's what's interesting about that number is that even if you have someone that you believe is going to buy, they have budget, they have need, they're the right person who can decide on it, they have a timeline, they've got all those things in place, you're still going to lose the majority of those deals. And it's not your fault. It's not your product's fault. It's just that's the math. So if you expect a higher number to close just because you love your product, if you expect a higher number of clothes to close because you say, no, 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 this time, this quarter, this month, our prospects are better than ready, you're fooling yourself. You're chasing after prospects that just are not ready to buy. You are over-investing in relationships at the, at, at, the, at the expense of going after and converting on new ones. And if you don't have a big enough pipeline, not only do you expect certain deals to close, but you end up you end up wasting time and putting too much urgency, too much pressure on deals that very well may close later. Except for the fact that you may be trying to create too much urgency, looking pushy, looking like you need that deal more than you know more than you should, and, and you send them away to a competitor.
0: Well, we did have somebody brave enough to call in here. It's the uh, creator of the whole channel that we use here, Funnel Radio, Jim Overmeyer. Go ahead, Jim. You're on with Matt Hines.
1: Jim, Jim, you are our first I can't I can't tell you how I'm excited, our very first calling guest sales
0: (laughs) pipeline radio. Well you you, are as time goes on. My question is, how big should the pipeline be for the salesperson? Let's say he's got to sell fifty grand a month, how big of a pipeline does he need? And then how big of a pipeline does the marketing department need to feed that pipeline to the sales rep? Mm. I'll get off and let you answer. Yeah, that's that. great. Yeah, thank you very much.
1: Uh, so I think, well, I've always wanted to say this on radio, long time listener, first time caller. Jim, <laughs> does, that, does that count, Jim? Are you, that's so awesome. Yeah. So thank you, Jim, for, uh, now, Jim, Jim, if you don't know Jim, Jim is the, uh, the manager of the, uh, the, the funnel network, the newly named funnel network. Uh, and, um, just a great, great guy, great partner, great friend of the show. Um, it's a great question. There is, if anyone's interested, um, I will, you know, send me an email, just matt, matt, at HeinzMarketing, h-e-i-n-z-marketing.com. And I actually have a mathematical model in a spreadsheet that I'll give you. You can plug in your numbers. So let's take Jim's example. You got to close fifty thousand in sales this month. Uh, what is your deal size? Like, are you selling deals that are fifty k in size? In which case, you have to close one deal. Uh, if you're selling deals that are ten k, you have to close five deals. If you're selling deals that are that are one k, you have to close fifty deals. Right. So this all comes, you know, if, you know, you, you, know you, you can't, you know, you have to, you, know, you have to end up with a number that you can buy a beer with. But how many deals do you need to close to hit that number? I would then apply that 25 to 33%. So let's be conservative and use the 25% number. If you need five deals this month, and each of those deals is going to be worth $10,000 to you, you need five times four. You need 20 opportunities in your pipeline. And I would argue you need those at the beginning of the selling period. So if your typical sales cycle is 30 days, let's keep this simple, beginning of July, If you need 30 days to close deals and you expect 25% of your deals to close, you need 20 opportunities in your pipeline tomorrow, July 1st, right? You need them right away. It is possible that you could get a Bluebird that shows up and closes. It is possible that you could have a deal that you thought was going to close in August but actually closes faster. But I would not bet your commission check on possible. I would not bet your commission check on what might happen. So let's say you've got 20 opportunities that you have at the beginning of the sales cycle. Well, to get to those opportunities, you need to have qualified leads. My math typically starts with a 5% assumption of leads converting into opportunities. So now, if I need 20 deals, I need 20 times 20 leads. I need 400 leads. I need 400 conversations with qualified prospects. In this case, I've got a pretty wide definition of that. I'll take someone who is qualified and not ready to buy. I'll take someone who's the right person at the right company that I'm having a conversation with. Right? It could be an inbound lead. It can be an outbound call. Um, Outbound calls, I tend to assume that will take a much lower conversion rate, 5%. But if you've got inbound leads, I'm assuming 5% of those are probably going to be qualified and, uh, and ready to buy, at least to engage in your sales cycle. So you got to close $50,000. You got to close five deals this month. You need 400 leads. Yes, that is a big number, but that's the math. And you need those leads before that selling cycle begins. So to a certain extent, Jim, you know, it's wherever you're sitting right now. If you've got a number to hit for Q3 and your sales cycle is six to eight months, uh, if you don't have enough pipeline now, you've got a bit of a problem, right? But the reality is the reality. Uh, you know, the best time to prepare for today is 10 months ago. The second best time would be today, right? I mean, just get started. So, uh, Jim, hopefully that answers your question. Uh, Paul, you're stepping up. You got to, oh, hey, wow, this, uh, it goes a lot faster when you don't have guests. My goodness. We are just flying through. We're going to probably run out of time to cover everything today, but uh, love the conversation, love the calls. Uh, we'll take more callers after the break. Uh, thanks very much, everyone. Last day of the month, last day of the quarter, Sales Pipeline Radio.
0: Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929 or visit us at Validar.com.
1: You are under the gun to generate revenue. You need your pipeline full with real deals to make your number. The Vanilla Group is the only firm that delivers telebase lead generation programs exclusively for enterprise technology providers that get you there. The Vanilla Group achieves results five times higher than industry standards for outbound lead generation year after year. By utilizing their unique telesales 2.0 methodology, they make sure you're in front of the key influencers you need to be. They are an award winning company and results are unsurpassed. The Vanilla Group supports tech firms from Fortune 500 companies to startups. To learn more, visit vanillagroup.com, spelled V A N E L L A, group.com, or call 888 335 0340. That's 888 335 0340. Follow us on Twitter at Vanilla Group.
0: And we're back with Matt giving everybody a free chance to get some free consultation here. If you want to call in and join the conversation, you can simply pick up the phone and dial 949 330 7761. That's 949 330 7761 or tweet us at Oatsy Talk Radio. We'll try and work your questions. And back to Matt.
1: And thank you so much, Paul. This has been fun today. Uh, no planned guests. We wanted to cover. Just how you think about uh, the end of the month, the end of the quarter, beginning of the next month and quarter. uh, A lot of people are thinking about what they need to do differently.
0: Can Uh, I ask one question and then I'll shut up here? When I did sales a million years ago, and I'm sure it's somewhat the same today, the old crafty guys—they had a few tricks to cr- close the quarter right. They had a few sales in their back pocket. They had a few orders they were uh, dragging out and not turning in as quickly, or they had go-to customers. Is any of that still real? Is that just stupid trickery here?
1: No, it's real. It's real. It's—I um, mean—but the, the trickery is probably a better word for it. You know, I think um, you know. I've, there's all kinds of things that sales reps still do. Uh, that is sort of gaming the system. Uh, you know, if you're a rep trying to hit your number, you know, there aren't really a very many legitimate reasons to keep a deal in your back pocket until the last day of the month um, because it doesn't make you a good look at the rest of the time. I mean, you know, there's no value in sort of coming in the last day and being a hero versus turning that deal in a week early or two weeks earlier or a month early and having it on the books. Uh, potentially getting paid for it earlier as well you know um there are the the, the legitimate tricks are things like you know going to your best customers and saying hey dude like do me a do me a solid um you know the end of the end of q2 for most people is right now this is the end of the microsoft fiscal year so there are a lot of companies doing big with microsoft that are just that are cashing in on leftover money that is not going to exist tomorrow because it's a new budget year right and so um It's legitimate. Uh, I could argue that the the problem there is probably more on Microsoft's side. Like, why are you just wasting money? Why have you given Teams incentives to just throw that money down the toilet so they can get the same amount next year, whether or not they need it? But uh, as a salesperson, that's not really a problem. Um, And you know, hopefully, they still have a need. So, yeah, you can certainly go to that. Well, Uh, you know, what's what's always bothered me is, you know, the end of the month, the end of the quarter for most of us is an artificial deadline, right? Like, why didn't that deal close earlier? Um, So it's not that it's a bad deadline. It's not that it's not valuable. I mean, if it's valuable as a means of getting not only the deals in, but also helping your buyers make a decision that hopefully helps them and helps make their lives and their job better, then that's all fine and good as well. Good salespeople, like, know how to get deals. I mean, I use that example of, like, the end of the month, the end of the quarter. I mean, like, I've got a number of friends that are quarterly sales reps. They're selling big-figure deals, and so they're not doing month-to-month. They're doing quarter-to-quarter. And, you know, the last month of the quarter, let alone the last week, are are big. I mean, and quite frankly, for many of them that are doing quarterly sales, you know, yeah, they may be still trying to close stuff today. But today is it's either done or it's not. Right? Either you're probably already celebrating, or you're like really kind of worried about like what happens next. Um, so yeah, and, and I think uh, so. Let's talk about the marketing side of the equation here as well, right? I mean, if you're marketing, you know, you would assume a lot of comp- companies assume the marketing's job is done by now. That marketing has generated their leads and and fine. What we consistently hear from sales leaders is that they want marketing to feel the terror at the end of the month and the end of the quarter with them, right? That can come in a lot of ways. It can come in just knowing that your compensation or your rewards are tied together, that if a sales team doesn't hit their number, then really marketing you didn't either. So that's one thing to think about. Another is marketing's job is not done when the lead is generated. Marketing has a responsibility and an opportunity to support the sales team's efforts to close deals, from a content standpoint, from an offer standpoint, from an incentive standpoint, this is not sales versus marketing. This is a team working together to close the deal. So this is everybody's responsibility, and uh, you know, hopefully, you've got you got one or two th- things that can happen today, right? Either you hit your number, you pop some champagne, you celebrate, you've got a big commission check coming. If you don't hit your number, that sucks. That probably means there's an, you know sort of a lost opportunity to make some money for yourself. But every day, every month, every quarter, there's a new opportunity. Tomorrow morning, everybody starts from scratch. Tomorrow morning, you have the same number on the board as the best salesperson in your company. Someone someone once had a coffee mug. Uh, I can't remember who it was. He had a coffee mug said, said like, I have the same number of hours in a day as Beyonce. right? And her point was, like, I mean, now I have advantages that you don't. But she has access to a lot of the same things that the rest of us do. She has the same number of hours. She's figuring out how to use those hours in a different way, and so you know, I think I would encourage anyone listening to this. You know, even if you're not listening to this live today, you know, if you're listening to this a week from now, if you're listening to this on the podcast in a couple of weeks, you're sort of in the middle of July. You know, we all should look. The, the, it is it is a grind to do this. I think uh, I asked someone once who had his own business and was doing success and it was doing very well. I said, "What's the best way you would describe?" Yeah, you know, being an entrepreneur and having a having a business, and the word he came up with is either I don't know if it's one word or two, but it was "mother effort" was the word he used. Um, and he loves being an entrepreneur. He loves doing the work. I mean, I can tell you as an entrepreneur. He's right. <laughs> I can tell you, like as a, as a person who's clo- trying to close deals and as a salesperson, like it is it is a grind. There is no way around getting around the fact that it is a grind, and there are days that will put you into the that, that, that'll put you down. But this afternoon is a new time. You get off of that sales call that didn't go well. You have new opportunities to do stuff. Next week, July 1st, it starts again. So much about sales is emotions. So much about sales is mindset. you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, Paul?
0: One more tweet before we uh, depart today here. somebody, uh, I, I, I'm going to expand upon it. They were asking how much time should a salesperson put into marketing versus closing? And I think that's appropriate as we head into the new quarter here. I'm going to figure out a new plan, as you said. How much time should I plan towards following up leads that marketing sent me, creating my own leads, and trying to go out and just close deals and be a salesman?
1: Boy, oh, that was a great question. I mean, I wish I wish I had a formula that just could apply to everybody. I, I think that, um, you know, my answer to that is it's going to vary depending on the time of the month, the time of the quarter, and what you need and where your best opportunities are. But I can also tell you, you need to constantly be doing all three of those. And here's what I mean by that. You know, you've always got deals that you can't just let close themselves. You know, you have to continue to sell. I, and I did a blog post recently that said, talked about Uh, A friend of mine who runs premium product and suite sales for the Golden State Warriors. Earlier this season, like his his selling environment does not get any better. Right, they've got an amazing team in a great you know rich environment selling environment. He still had to sell. He still had to close. You know, he's like, okay, if the suite doesn't sell tonight and we have a game tonight, I can't sell that suite tomorrow for that same game. It's gone. If I sold the suite tonight but did not sell premium liquor, did not sell a visit from the mascot, like there's always selling right? So you always have to be proactively closing. Even when you have a big pipeline, the most important time to prospect is when you have a big pipeline, because when you flush that pipeline out, when you close some of the deal, those deals and other deals go away, that's when you need pipeline and you get that pipeline by prospecting. Look, you are in charge of your commission. Your marketing team is not. Your marketing team may have a goal of giving you leads, but at the end of the day, if they fail, it is still on you to hit your number. So yes, push your marketing team to generate leads. Yes, spend time following completely. Those leads may be far more valuable than your cold calling because you've got someone warm, you've got someone inbound. So triage your time based on quality and interest and response rate, and that's fine. But I would say, and this is partly why sales is hard, you've got to be doing all three of those things on a regular basis. If you're closing deals now... You got to be prospecting for Q3 and Q4 at the same time. Boy, it is. It uh, looks like I'm, I'm getting. I'm getting the wrap up symbol here from Paul. This went way faster than usually. I just ask usually ask people questions and they go off, and that's easy. Um, <laughs> I had pages more of notes here, Paul. I had all kinds of stuff I was going to cover. We didn't cover. We didn't get to. I think this uh, is a thing.
0: Every at the end of the quarter, you should do this. You should. <laughs> uh, you should. Uh, we should have a place to commiserate. It's like pulling an all nighter before an exam. You know, we, we get last minute tips and motivation and ideas here.
1: Here's what I will tell you to do uh, as we leave today. We've got an amazing schedule of of, of speakers already and and uh, guests already already ready for Sales Pipeline Radio into Q3. So definitely join us every week. Thank you for those of you who are on this with us live today. You can find the podcast a replay of this episode uh, at Google uh, Google Play as well as the iTunes Store. What I didn't get to that I'll just mention: if you go to our blog at heinzmarketing.com and you type in quarterly review template you will get a blog post where I outline a six-point process uh, for how to do a post-mortem on the quarter, post-mortem on the month, and set up goals, do some planning, set up some adjustments and a review cadence for the next selling period. So take advantage of that. Um, you know, We'll talk more about that in a future, uh, future session as well. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy the rest of the month, the rest of the quarter. Have a really wonderful Fourth of July weekend for those of you listening live. And uh, for everyone else, we'll see you next time.
0: Sales Pipeline Radio. Sales Pipeline Radio, the only place to learn how to build up that sales pipeline and make it work for you, with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing.